Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Breakdown. It's February 8th. Despite the fact that the Premier of Alberta has been out of, uh, out of town for a little while, she's been a little unavailable, we still have plenty to talk about. The first thing that we got to talk about, obviously, though, has to be the handshake. What a pleasure to be able to sit down with uh, Premier Swift today. Now, there's been a lot of debate in regards to the handshake and exactly what happened, what was going on. Was was Smith um, was Smith trying to dodge the handshake? Was she not trying to dodge the handshake? What was what was the whole deal there? And it appears more than anything that uh, maybe maybe she just got a little bit flabbergasted. I mean, there's a lot of people who have taken a look at the video and they've seen that when she looked up at him, her hand kind of dropped. And it makes sense if you think about it, because Smith is very used to being the center of attention. She's used to being the, the power person in the room. But all of a sudden, she finds herself in a situation where that dynamic doesn't necessarily uh, quite fall into play in the way that in the way that she's maybe used to. Now, this handshake came out of a uh, first minister's meeting that was primarily to discuss healthcare transfer healthcare transfer payments. And Justin Trudeau pitched a new ten year deal that would increase funding to provinces and territories by almost two hundred billion dollars which is not a small amount of money. But where things get a little bit interesting in regards to the, the funding part has to do with the fact that obviously with that much of an infusion of cash, there's going to be some strings attached. And we saw that very clearly when Prime Minister Trudeau said, and we're going to negotiate this deal with all of the provinces and territories separately. Everybody gets their own deal, much like the childcare deal that we saw uh, come through just a little while ago. Where this gets interesting, though, is Daniel Smith has been very, very clear that she doesn't want to accept any kind of funding if there's any kind of strings attached. So things have the potential to get very, very interesting very, very quickly. Um, we'll, we'll, see how, we'll see how that goes. But uh, Smith has already made it very clear that she's not super thrilled with the, the health care piece. But what was really strange about the press conference, if you can call it that, the meet and greet, the, the handshake that went sideways, was uh, Mr. Trudeau talked about health care, talked about the importance of health care. Daniel Smith largely talked about the importance of energy. So it was much more of a campaign stop, it seemed in a lot of ways, than it was an actual let's sit down and have some conversations about what we're gonna what we're going to do with healthcare. But this also comes at a time where Smith has largely been unavailable. You might remember last month, the beginning of the month, Daniel Smith did a whole, hey, you know what? We're just gonna do a press conference because it's a day that ends in Y. And she threw together this press conference where she made herself available to the media to ask pretty much whatever questions the people who were there wanted to ask. Lasted about an hour. And she said that it was going to become a more regular thing because one of the criticisms that she's heard was that she's simply not available to media enough. Well, she hasn't done that since then. And in fact, she hasn't been seen in public certainly not in a position where she'd be willing to answer any questions for coming up to four weeks now, which is a 
very long time when you consider all of the things that have gone on in the meantime. Not only do we have this major healthcare conference going on, but we also have all of the questions about the, the scandal in regards to whether or not she contacted uh, or her office contacted the prosecutor's office. It seems like the strategy that from the previous office has largely been maybe if we just don't stick our heads up and never, ever show our faces in public again, we'll just get away with it and hope for for the best. Um, how well that's that's going to play out. We'll uh, we'll have to see. Moving on from there, though, there's some there's a good good news piece. There's a, a little bit of a happy celebratory story that we can talk about a little while ago a group of 50 lawyers introduced a motion saying hey you know what this indigenous training thing that we have to do through the the the, the legal association um the law society here in alberta it, we don't want to do it anymore it, it's it just seems like we don't want to do it anymore and they met the requirement to force uh, a meeting with going to be a vote as to whether or not they should continue with this mandatory training piece, which is really a small thing. And if you think about it, most professional associations have um, most colleges, uh, most societies have a continuing competency piece that you have to do in order to maintain your practice. It's not a big ask. But there were some folks who said that they they didn't want to. Um, well, the Law Society voted it down. So the Law Society said, you know what? By like two thirds, they said, you know what? This is an important part of truth and reconciliation, especially given the fact that we're in the legal system. We're literally the people driving the legal system by and large. Um, we want to make sure that this, this needs to stay because there's some things that we need to learn. And it's a little bit telling perhaps uh, who, what some of the sources for this were. We talked about this gentleman just a little while ago. One of the key figures in the we shouldn't have to do the indigenous training is a gentleman named Leighton Gray. Leighton is a fascinating character who actually had to step down from the, the body that chooses judges because of some very controversial social media posts where he said uh, some very problematic things about Black Lives Matter uh, and implied that there were conspiracy theories in regards to George Soros. It's worth noting that Leighton Gray is doing a whole lot of work with the Alberta Prosperity Project. Um, so that tells you a little bit about Leighton. But the good news is that the Law Society said, hey, you know what? This is an important thing. We're going to keep it. So the vote could have been better. It would have been nice to see. It was like 800 votes to, to 22 to 1600, 1700 or something like that. It would have been nicer to see 50 votes to all of the other ones. Um, so there's clearly work to be done. It's clear that that uh, module is still very much needed. Moving on from there. This was the big news today. Ezra Levant's. He's got some thoughts. And now this is this is wild because Ezra Levant has launched a constitutional challenge against a, a liberal sent, who blocked him. Admittedly, Ezra said some disrespectful things, some impolite things. Let's go with it's 
by Ezra's own admission in this article, he says, yeah, I said some things. Um, but Ezra Levant is making the argument that, you know, people who are delivering news, people who are newsworthy, they should not be able to block anyone. Politicians shouldn't be able to block anyone. It affects people's ability to have freedom of expression. And there's actually some lawyers that have said there might be something to this. Now, what's most likely to this is we're going to see if it, if it isn't already up, uh, we're going to see the rebel come out with a support our constitutional challenge, fight for freedom dot com, because that's kind of what they do. They take an issue. They start a website. They do some fundraising. So it wouldn't be at all surprising to see that happen. But there's some greater questions that need to be asked, because, first of all, if you're going to say that noteworthy public things, things that drive news, things that drive conversation shouldn't be shut out, they shouldn't be able to block. Well, we have two questions. Now, like we said, we don't think that they have a, a, a website up yet, but we can't say for sure. Because even though we've never interacted with them, the Rebel News blocked us when the breakdown first formed and has been blocked ever since. But the greater question that needs to be asked, as much fun as it is that the Rebels are like, oh, people shouldn't block people. And now they're all, oh, we're going to block you. Is Ezra Levant has now apparently thrown Premier Daniel Smith under the bus, not once, but twice. He threw her under the bus with the letter. You might remember a keystone of the CBC story. The first story was everybody was like, ah, oh, there's no proof. They, they're just making stuff up. They don't know anything about whether or not there's anything. And then the second CBC news story came out and said, well, actually, we know for a fact that Ezra Levant sat down with the premier and her chief of staff and delivered some legal advice, potentially, even though he's not a practicing registered lawyer. He had to give that up. He stepped down. Uh, as a lawyer because of a bunch of controversy that was surrounding him, he gave the premier some legal advice that he believed that she could interfere effectively with the prosecutor's office and say, this is what you're going to do. This is what you're not going to do. Um, so we, the CBC ran the story and Ezra came out and was like, ah, you don't get to slander me. I'm going to, I, I did write that letter. Here's the copy. And he released it to the public. Well, apparently he didn't think too far or perhaps he did ahead with his strategy of public officials shouldn't be blocking uh, the electorate because one of the things that Danielle Smith is famous for is blocking anybody who asks, asks any critical questions, blocking anybody who uh, says anything negative about her and her policies, even if it's respectfully said. She went on, Ryan Jesperson, when she was first elected, we're sorry, when she first became party leader. And she said, you know what? As long as you aren't using profanity, I'm going to unblock everybody. And I will never block anybody who hasn't used profanity. And one doesn't have to look very far to see that simply isn't true. Because we were first blocked when we asked her about her infamous GoFundMe for a lawsuit that went nowhere except to donate 90-ish thousand dollars to the JCCF. Um we got blocked for that. There's no profanity. We didn't use any any bad words. So it's kind of fun. It's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens with that and whether or not 
Danielle Smith's going to be unblocking everybody. I don't think she is. But we're going to have Sarah Biggs join us in just a couple of minutes to talk about that. Before we do, though, oh, Livingston McLeod. We got to have a chat. It's getting a little out of control there, kids. This is your second nomination race, Livingston McLeod. The first one, it didn't go so well. So for anyone who hasn't been paying attention to uh, Livingston McLeod, they kind of sort of tried to have a nomination race a few months back. And the sitting MLA, the incumbent MLA, has said, no, nah, I'm out. I don't want anything to do with this. Um, and the main candidate that was running was a previous People's Party of Canada candidate who has some uh, factually flawed views on vaccines and laws and all of the things and had a temper tantrum during the federal election at a debate where she ran out in protest because somebody said something that she didn't like and she interrupted them. It was a whole big mess. She was disqualified because of her problematic social media presence. And Lisa McLeod decided, hey, we're gonna have a we're gonna have us another nomination race. And boy, they are staying on brand because one of the candidates for their nomination race is somebody named Shauna Osin. And her social media, which is public, at least it was as of last night, by the way, is will you be the judge? So there's there's a couple here. You want to want to know how she feels about uh, maybe trans issues? The part she puts up a, a a tweet on her Facebook where she says the party that believes men can get pregnant wants to control misinformation on the internet, on vaccines. When eugenicist billionaires offer a free product, you may want to be skeptical. I shouldn't have to explain this one. Um, she posted apparently she was in Calgary a little while back, uh, down in Edwardy Park, where she was hosting an event for the 51st state Alberta statehood movement, which is a movement to move Alberta out of Canada and join the United States. But it gets worse. Back in um, 2022, she, she posted a meme. If we're removing statues because of the civil war, we should be removing mosques because of 9-11. In 2021, she posted, all 22 ladies, she posted, reposted a tweet, all 22 ladies on the U.S. women's soccer team took a knee for Black Lives Matter right before they got their asses handed to them this morning by Sweden. Great, they deserved it. But the, 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 chef's, the chef's kiss is this one right here. July 22nd, 2021, the United Conservative Party celebrated four years since unity. We're doing it. We're crushing it. She shared that post and said, this is called buying votes corrupt to the core. This is the same person who's now running to be the UCP candidate for Livingston McLeod. The same one who called the UCP corrupt to the core. Now, there's a lot of people who got some strong feelings about the UCP, and they got a lot of good reasons to have some of those strong feelings about the UCP. But there's certainly questions to be asked. A, if you believe that party's corrupt to the core, why would you be running for it? B, why is the party entertaining her? 
Why is this a thing? And she's not the only one. There's another candidate in that area who says, I'm challenging things about COVID and vaccinations as well. But if we want to understand why it is that we've seen this major uh, narrative coming out of Livingston McLeod, one of the things that might be helpful is taking a look at their new board of directors. The UCP in Livingston McLeod just had an AGM. And they elected a whole new board. And when I say whole new board, I mean they filled literally every spot that was available. And some of the names on here might be a little bit familiar. Perhaps most familiar is Marco Van Hugenboss. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. I believe it's Dutch. My Dutch isn't great. Um, Marco Van Hugenboss is one of the people who uh, was recently in court because he was actively involved in the, the Coots uh, blockade. He was one of the organizers, allegedly, for the Coots blockade. He's a big freedom guy. He's a big take back Alberta guy. And this brings us back to the whole conversation that we've been having for a while now about how it's really important to not underestimate how much influence take back Alberta currently has on the United Conservative Party. They took over half of the provincial board. And they're targeting specific constituencies where they're getting boatloads of people to show up and they are getting to a point where they're going to be able to flip the entire script on what the UCP is, was. You thought the UCP was, um, let's go with conservative. Sarah's going to kill me for saying that in just a second. Uh, hard right, reform party, lake of fire. If you thought that was what was going on recently, brace yourselves. Because the people that are influencing a lot of the decisions that are happening are the same people who have these views that Shauna is espousing. Now, with all of that being said, let's bring into the conversation none other than the incomparable Sarah Biggs. Sarah Biggs, what's going on tonight? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I love it when the rundown makes you tired. It's been a day. It's, it's you know, it's, it's been a day. Let's start from the beginning start. and kind of work our way from there because we certainly have had. Um, it's it's been a it's been an interesting two days. Uh, <laughs> oh, can I just say shout out to healthcare workers today because I went with my kid to urgent care because she has ankles issues and where we're in and out within like two hours with an aircast install there we go thank you so much they were Health super care. nice too which can i ask which urgent care you went to you're not gonna like it did you go to south calgary i had to i'm glad that you had a positive experience there it was fast we were fast tracked it was good um we didn't wait long that's Everything good. was just, it's just, it was the one with the lowest wait time and there was with net care now. It's just like they, they saw what happened in the hospital two weeks ago. So they put her in their cast and she's excited because she's going to be the coolest kid in school tomorrow. 
There we go. <laughs> no, I'm not going to kill you for the conservative piece. Nah. Okay, well, that's good. I got bigger problems. That's fair. Okay, so let's start <laughs> the handshake, Sarah. You and I talked about it already, but there's so many different theories. Was she was she trying to was she trying to diss him? Was she trying to um, I don't know do what? Where are we at? <laughs> I just love how like the alternative media tried to convert it into a well Trudeau's a women gripper anyways fuck you guys like seriously her hand was tanned I had this conversation like 45 <sighs> minutes ago because if you her hand is tanned of course the blood flow is going to come back differently and if the guy has a strong hand like fuck, fuck me like seriously is this where we're at like can we just not look like a petulant child province for five minutes can it's we have true. class please we're not just a bunch of people with trucks with knots at the back like come on man why is it so fucking oh, oh we're filling up the jar tonight <sighs> i'm angry like i really wish like we have class we know how to behave we this was a again trying to own the libs, but it didn't work well. You think that's what it was though? Because like I was watching it, I was, and here's here's the thing. I, I I'm I'm not I gonna know. say I'm not gonna say that I like went back and watched the whole thing. Like people did the the handshake in slow motion, and it's wildly entertaining to be sure. But the the. If you watch her body language, she's like all confident and everything going into it. And then there's this like eye contact moment. And that's when the hand drops. Like I was having this conversation with a friend earlier tonight. And I was like, I think honestly that Daniel Smith is used to being the most powerful person in the room. I think she's used to being the center of attention. And I think she ran into a bit of a wall and I think she felt it. And that's why the hand dropped. I don't think it was some sort of clever tactical maneuver because here's the thing. Danielle Smith has no poker face and she didn't have any poker face for the rest of that sit down, but she had a very blank face right before. I think she felt the pressure. Um, you know, I, I, I talked to a couple of journalists that were there, um, you know, so we could go with, okay. She was intimidated because she, you know, it's the first time she was meeting Trudeau. Uh, lots of cameras. Like, this is Ottawa. This is not the legislature, right? It's a total different game. Like, total different game when you hit Ottawa. A lot of people, a lot of flashes. Um, and Trudeau's going to kill her with kindness. He's just going to, you know, because that's, that's how he disarms a lot of people is that he's so kind and welcoming and he looks sincere and not, I'm not peddling for Trudeau right now. I'm he's just rehearsed. saying how the guy is. He's rehearsed. Like the, the, he knows the, what he's the, doing. Walking on that. I'm going to shake your hand now. Turn and smile. It was like, but he's, he's been doing that for years. His policies, but his execution of I'm going to shake your hand and smile and do the, the camera thing. Dude crushed like 
he know he's been doing that for eight years. And that's how you're supposed to behave when leaders are meeting. That is proper behavior. And we don't know what happened. Maybe like she didn't seem like she really wanted to be there. She didn't seem too excited about it. We could be talking about it for hours, but at the end of the day. <sighs> so here's like, here's my sure here's where I, I feel I bad for her. Here's like, where I, I wanted to go with her. Yeah. I feel like watching that clip and her, we're here to talk about healthcare, but I'm going to talk about the energy sector for like the entire chunk of time that I get on camera. Um, I feel like the reason why she folded at the very beginning there, even if it was just for a crucial half a second during the handshake is because I don't think she knows how to occupy the office of premier. I think it's the Daniel Smith show all day, every day. And I think even her body language and the contempt that she showed on her face, she was not representing the, the province of Alberta. She wasn't representing the office of the premier. She was representing, I just got embarrassed and now I'm angry at you. And, oh, that's right. I hate you on principle anyways. Um, do you, am, am I reading that wrong? Or do you think she has just no concept of what it is to occupy public office? I think she's starting to realize how it is different from what she was expecting or what she was hoping or because, you know, not everybody's, you know, when Daniel Smith walks in Ottawa, people are going to be like, okay, cool. Like. It'd be like um, me walking into a McDonald's. They're like, oh, there's a person here. <laughs> That's really it. <laughs> it's like, oh, hey. Get in line. When, my, when I walk into my kid's school, they're like, oh, no, not her yet. Oh, not again. Um, no, I think, you know, it's not, it doesn't work the same as the ledge. It is not the ledge. This is big leagues, big dollars, big negotiations, serious negotiations. And she's not the one taking the lead on it. She is a premier of a province. She was dealing with the finance minister, deputy prime minister, and the prime minister of the country. She was not in a position of power. And her mind's already pretty much made up on health care because she wants no string attached to funding. So I think she was a little, uh, she, she hit a little bit of a wall there. She probably lost control. She probably didn't realize how it would be. It's very intimidating when you're walking. Like when you walk into a press conference room, not only, it's extremely intimidating. You, well, that's the, when you're dealing with somebody who occupies the office, like one of the stories that you hear coming out of the States all the time is that people go into the, the Oval Office feeling like, I am so confident and they walk in there and their mouth goes dry and they can't speak and they just turn into idiots the first time. And that's pretty much universal for you hear that story from people who do that all the time. And that's because of the, the significance and the weight of that office, particularly when it's occupied by somebody that is, is in any way manifesting it. And I feel like Smith had her little moment of I'm going to kick Justin Trudeau's ass. And then she walked onto the stage and she saw the things and she saw that he was just like, I'm going to be super nice to you. And I'm confident as all hell. And she didn't know what to do with it. Okay. Well, they don't align. Not, yeah, no, I fully agree with you. They, they don't align. They will never agree. Um, 
she's using kind of contrarian messaging on a lot of issues right now. It's kind of weird. The right hand's not talking to the left hand. And I think she walked in. She was like, fuck. Like, that was... Like, at the UCP leadership, there was a lot of um, journalists sitting at the back, but they were at their table. There was not a lot of cameras. There was not a lot of flashes. Those rooms are not that big. And when you walk in and you hear... Oh, that's all the audio was. It's... And the lights are blinding you and everything is just like, you freeze. I, I, and I get it because like, I remember the first time I, to, to, to talk about a different phase of yeah. my life. I remember the first time I hit a major stage and like I'd played <clears throat> small bars. I'd played small venues, medium venues. The, the first time that I played uh, a festival, the first time that I played one of the, the premier venues in Alberta, I for for each of those, uh, especially the the I remember there's one festival that we played. I'm not I'm not bragging, but we opened for 5440. So no big deal. Um, mm. But um, there's a, there's that shift between like, I've got this. And then you walk out there and you realize like this thing is bigger than I've ever been on before. And there's way more people and what's happening and i mean you can you can have that moment and then recover from it and go on to do the thing but i think it really really showed that that was daniel smith's first festival show well it's like it's i'm gonna say like i would say that i felt the same way when i went first time on cbc news network it's live it's national hundreds of thousands it's like or you're on the radio and you know that your mother's listening we were on a breakdown the- and you know your mom's listening. <laughs> my mother-in-law's listening too, but you know, it's like, or you know, I in the spring I did a full series with French CBC Ottawa, and my dad called me and was like, You gained weight. I was like, Thanks, Dad. Can you just be proud? So what can we say that, that was that was Danielle Smith's just not ready moment? She was just not ready. She got JT'd. <laughs> yeah. um, well, let's talk about the money. So, uh, ten which years one? Which money? Well, the healthcare, because that's what they, they were there to talk about. So, you already pointed it out. Daniel Smith has said she doesn't want any strings attached to any more money coming from the feds, which is dumb because nobody would ever agree to. Yes, I'll just give you free money. Have a nice day. Um, but I mean, we're talking about some pretty big change and. Trudeau was very clear in his announcements. We'll be negotiating this with each province. So there's not a whole lot of, you know, I don't see it was a very to me, it seemed like a very smart move strategically because he said, hey, we've got all this money. Would you like some? All you have to do is come to the table and play nice. Danielle. He did well. (laughs) <laughs> he played his cards well some people will say it's not enough like Miss Notley this morning on Jesperson she said it was not enough sure um, but if you count if you account for everything that they're offering on the table it's an increase of 9.25% I believe which is it's quite substantial we're not talking about pennies here but 
um, what, what I loved about it is that Trudeau's speech yesterday, when he was talking about Federal Health Care Act, health care for everyone, free health care. And he was reinforcing those points. Oh, the public health care he kept hitting on. I sent it to you. You were like, what, what do you mean? I was like, listen to what he says. And he was just like, to me, it felt like he was targeting Mo. He was targeting Ford. He was targeting Smith. And it was like, nah, you guys, you guys are bound to Canada Health Care Act. And we're the one with the big money. So you have to provide services. So basically, like I was explaining to a few people, the federal government's like big money deals with all the money. Then the provinces are responsible to deliver with the money received the goods and services to uh, the provinces and inhabitants. But they don't like it. They want to be in charge. They want to decide. But what's happening is that they don't get to decide if they want to fund solely private. And yeah, like about 30% of, you know, all the doctors in this province have a professional corporation, right? Everything is invoiced through professional corporation. It's already like privatized healthcare if you want, because they are paying the professional corporation. They have agreements. So, you know, is it 100% public? No, it is not technically because all those professional corporations are, you know, when a surgeon's doing a surgery, he has some billing codes and surgery codes, and then he bills through his professional corporation. Um, Alberta Health, Alberta Health, and then they pay them. So technically, not a public, publicly delivered, uh, you know, uh, primary care network or surgical system but at the end of the day they're not going to give them no strings attached to go destroy everything especially when he knows and understands the intent of certain elected officials in the country like it's like if i would go to the bank be like yo can you lend me like 1.5 million dollars i can go buy my house but let's not have payment terms or you know interest or yeah, you guys don't get to set the interest rates or when i'm going to pay you back trust me it's cool yeah, trust me, it's cool. I got the money in my bank account. I qualify. Like, buying a house, well, you know how it is. It's grueling. They're asking you where every single penny is coming from. And if you qualify the stress test and the CMHC. Thank you. Insurance. If you don't put 20% down in the bank and, you know, the ratios. Anyways. Nothing comes free. I got to ask what it, so here's like, it's fascinating to me that I get that Notley has to try to distance herself from Trudeau or she feels like she needs to, uh, Ooh, I'm throwing that comment up. Um, I'm not looking in the comments. It's on the screen now. Um, Andrew delivers again. <laughs> um, I get that Notley has to try to distance herself from the Notley Trudeau Alliance and all of that. So she can't say anything great, but you know, we have this recurrent theme of here's my question. Do you think that the NDP should be worried at all about um, the, 
the perception that Notley's just trying to be like the no calorie version of Smith because she took yeah, the baby. They need on. to get their shit together. That's what they need to do. All I see is bitching and whining with no plan. It's like yesterday, the NDP texted me. Hold on, I'm going to read it to you. Hold on. Where is it? I was very nice with the person, by the way. Um, so it says, hi, Sarah. This person volunteering. Um, oh, my Siri is going off now. Shut up, Siri. Um, Rachel, um, Rachel Nutley will protect our health care warriors. Daniel Smith wants us to pay to see a family doctor. Can Rachel count on your vote? And I was like, hey, um, I don't know. How are you going to fix it? How are you going to save it? What are you what are you going to do? I was like, and I'm honestly I'm tired of hearing chaos. Like that word chaos, stop with it. It doesn't fucking work. And I told them, I was like, nobody's gonna have my vote until comes change. And the fear mongering needs to stop. Bring on solutions. We are not idiots. And she was like, No worries, thank you. Have a good night. They don't care. They do not care. Granted, it was a volunteer, but here's what I have to say. Not lean this morning, went out and said, no, it's not enough. Okay, what would you want? What would you do? Please, please, stop being vague. Start bringing real solutions to the table. All I'm hearing is just fingers here, fingers there. There's no solution brought to the table. Okay, you're going to tell me you're going to fight for education. How? How are you going to fight for puff? How are you going to fight for Kids on with puff funding. How are you gonna fight with kids with disability, with learning disability? How are you gonna fight with uh, big um, class size? They are not giving us anything, and the last thing I want is a Daniel Smith light. Here's my question, because like immediately to me when you said, because I didn't, I didn't see Jesperson today. I was, I was, I was. I kind of watched it for a little bit, and I read some stuff. But. Here's the fundamental question that I have is like, okay, so you've been saying for like a couple months now that you're going to fix healthcare and that was before the money. Mm-hmm. So like if you could do it without the money, why is the money not enough? Mm-hmm. But was also your, was your plan contingent on getting more? Like it just, it raises more questions for me than, than answers. So the big problem that I have right now is that none of the parties are fucking waking up and understanding. You're saucy tonight. I am saucy because I'm frustrated because I'm tired of fucking platitude all the time. Tired of it. Give me something. As a strategist, it's frustrating. As a comms person, it's frustrating. It's just bad. Bad, 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 bad. I have fun getting it up. But, you know... When are they going to wake up and be like, okay, we are going to be fixing healthcare, but we will also, okay, and uh, whomever copies me, I'm going to be sending them a bill because I have a TM on that. We're going to be subsidizing the University for Healthcare students at 50%. We're going to be subsidizing medicine school to help, um, you know, medicine, family medicine students to get established in rural communities. We're going to be invest in education. God damn it. We could start having LPNs on the ground and running next 
15 months if we get going. But no, they won't do it because, in, you know, subsidizing school is bad. You want to be like Quebec? Do like Quebec. Do you know how much I was paying for my nursing training per semester? 125 bucks. Well, did you There's... see the, mm-hmm. I hate to, I hate to do this. I do. But did you see the announcement that came from uh, the, the dark prince of post-secondary today? No. Uh, they are investing. Oh, in the $5,000 grant. The $5,000 oh, bursary. Oh, oh, that's not students. enough. Like the, are you Rachel Notley all of a sudden? <laughs> cost of life, uh, cost of living is rising up. Rent is going up. Food is uncontrolled. Transportation is extremely expensive. Uh, University of Calgary students, by an average, are going to be an increase. Are going to be seeing an increase of five point two five percent next year. A five thousand dollar grant barely pays for one semester with no books. Like, come on, guys. Stop being so goddamn stuck. Do something. Bridge LPNs to RNs programs. Bring in physician assistant. Create more programs. Invest. That's the thing that people do not understand is that if you do not invest in education with the boomers coming in to retirement, they're going to be going in homes and, you know, start retiring. Your taxpayer base is going to go down. Invest in your future for a good job. Everybody's saying, oh, we're going to be funding good job. Do it now. Enough. Like they're pussying out and they're just chickening out and dancing around the bush. Like, oh, we're going to be doing something. Look at us giving you $5,000 maybe. Do something. Sorry, I'm so angry. Because you are salty tonight. There's so many strategies that you could do instead of giving $20 billion to the oil and gas companies or recording break, record breaking profits to fix something that they're legally supposed to do. Put that money in education. People will have good job. We're going to be able to transition. We're going to have a solid health care. And we're going to be able to retain people. Right now, we're going to be facing a brain day, brain drain. And if it keeps going that way, I'm next. I'm done. <laughs> I'm tired. Like I love that you brought up. I love that you brought up our star though, because it's, you know, this is, this is something that some people have been trying to raise the alarm on for quite a while now. And yeah. it's- I'm going to eat my donut. Okay. Now, <laughs> Now that uh, now that they're announcing, you know, we're going to put twenty billion dollars potentially towards this this program. Uh, mm-hmm. People are starting to realize. Wait a second, we're going to be giving them more money for exactly as you said, fucking billion dollars. You could send the whole province to university for ten years. Not maybe not, but you know what I mean. Um, and it is their it's their 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 legal responsibility to clean the stuff. <laughs> Yeah, it is a swear kitty pool tonight uh, to clean this stuff up. But that gives me I, – I got a couple other topics that I want to hit on. That gives me a perfect seg for the next episode that we're dropping as soon as we're done the show. Um, we have a conversation with, again, Reagan Boychuk, who has been on the show previously talking about the R-Star program. And he not only gets into why R-Star is incredibly bad no matter what name you give it, Um, But we also have a whole conversation about royalties. 
And I think that the conversations presented in such a way that if you didn't know a whole lot about royalties, like I didn't before the conversation started, um, it's a, it's an important one because we're getting screwed as a province. We're getting right proper screwed. And if you take a look at the, the change of royalties from the Lougheed era to where they are now, boy, we're getting hosed. And for Daniel Smith to be rolling out this program that the previous government, who were pretty oil and gas friendly, Mr. Kenny, with his hoodie at the Stamps game, um, when that government said, no, this isn't financially feasible, it goes against all of the principles that we have in regards to polluter pays. For Daniel Smith to be rolling that out now is really quite telling about. See, this is why, like last episode, you and I were talking and I was like, you know what? I don't know how much of a populist she is. I think that's a that's a, a, a fashionable facade that she can put on. She's got people. She's got to make sure get paid. And I think she's making sure that in certain places it's it's raining. So here's the problem that I have. Some c- companies share triple, quadruple, quintuple, septupled in the past two and a half years. And we know that. Um, you know, shareholders pay out buck twenty-five, buck fifty a share every quarter. It's a lot. Um, they're recording, you know, all time high profits. Our provincial profits going to be extremely high. Um, we're having problems with education. We're having problems with healthcare. She's looking to saving money into the healthcare program. Some municipalities are having issues because some oil and gas companies won't pay their dues to the municipalities. Some farmers are dealing with like wells that could you know, go bad tomorrow and contaminate their land. Um, We are dealing with a lot of issues in this province. Huge mental health crisis, addiction crisis, but that's okay. Marshall Smith's got this, right? We're having EMS issues. Do I need to keep going? Do I really need to keep going on how much $20 billion could be injected in different systems? to help people and not corporations. And don't, don't get me wrong. I'm a capitalist and I, I capitalize. But this is just plain wrong. Let's do some ASMR for a second. They have enough money in their pockets. <laughs> Fuck me. Seriously, Survey. it's... Uh, I got some more comms and strategy questions before, before we... we... You have an aneurysm. Can we talk about uh, can we talk about the Alberta party, please? What's what's going on there? I, I we we had a tweet today, Starbucks from the Alberta party. Here's here's my two things. Here's my two beefs. Um, please stop putting links in the main body of your tweet, everybody. As soon as you put an external link into a tweet. The algorithm goes, you know what? We actually like having people staying on our platforms. So no. And it pushes you way down in the in the visibility of it. So so don't don't do that anymore because it, it's it's terrible. The the second one, the second little hint that I'd like to give to to folks 
because this is important. If you start your tweet with the name of the person that you're speaking to, I don't know, like at Alberta teachers, for example, they're the only people who are going to see it. It doesn't show up in the timeline. It's considered as effectively. It's almost the same thing as a DM. That's kind of sort of public. Why are we seeing, and don't even get me started on the, <laughs> I can't even with the graphics. What's going on, Sarah? Why is this thing? We saw the AI bot last week. Now we've got, <laughs> you sent me the tweet. You know what I'm talking about. Why is this a thing? I don't know. That's a terrible answer. I, I... <sighs> ASMR. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what's going on. I really I just... don't know. It's very strange to me. I don't. I don't it understand. Is, um, you know, they're trying. Well, you know, they're they're trying, but I think that um, they need to take a step back and go back to the basics. Because they've got some candidates. It's not like they don't have candidates. Yeah, no, they have I, candidates. They've got like yeah. four. Or five they candidates. have some really good candidates. They do. Yeah. I don't you disagree. Know, I think I, Dr. Grace announced this week. She announced on Monday, and I'm a huge fan of Dr. Grace. You have uh, Carrie Connell. Carrie Connell is a teacher. She's a lawyer. She was on the immigration board uh, decision making something something. I forgot what it was, but she was working in the immigration. She, you know, she's very accomplished. Her family is a healthcare um, family as well. You know she. There are some very, there's a Jenny Yeremy, Calgary Northwest, I think, and she is an engineer or a geoscientist. Um, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Like, they need to go back to basics, they really do. For, for anyone who, who didn't see the tweet, which is, I'm going to argue a lot of people because despite the fact that it went up at noon. And the Alberta party has not uh, not small Twitter following. They 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 have like I don't know fifteen thousand. This is this is the train wreck, um, and it's a video. Enough said. Anything to add to that one, Sarah? No. Okay, let's do a thought exercise. I've been saving Sorry. this one up. This one's going to be fun for you, I'm sure. Let's say hypothetically. You knew someone. Somebody came to you. They said, Sarah Biggs, you're a strategist. You're a politico. You know the mm. things. You know the gifts. Maybe. And they say, Sarah Biggs, I ran in an election like four years ago. What do I have to do to get people to understand? There's no way that I'm running again. Because I got a phone call from this polling company that announced that apparently I was running for a party that may or may not have revoked my membership because jokes. Sarah Biggs, what do you say to that person? How do they make it clear, <laughs> despite everything, they're not running in another election? What do they, they don't. To they do? hire Sarah Biggs. To convey the message that they're not running in another no, election. No. I, I told you I was going to ask you every single day. No, 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 no. 
Yes. Hard no. Yes. All of the no. Why do you don't have I, to pick a party? How do I make this stop? Just, just like, I, like three months ago, people were asking and rumors were starting to go. And I was like, no. And I put up a tweet and I put yeah. up a Facebook post yeah. saying, absolutely yeah. not. And then Ignore I'm sitting at home Monday night. I get a notification on the Twitter machine saying, hey, funny story. Heard you were running. And I was like, the hell I am. Yeah. Not five minutes after I responded to that, like, there's absolutely no way. I get the phone call. I get the poll saying, who would you vote for out of these three people? Rajan Sani, Gurinder Brar, Nate Pike. And I'm like, what's happening? No, you just. How, how, how do I have, how? How can I make this clearer, more clear? You, you just blocked the whole the entire province on Twitter. Am I allowed to do that it's now? Because I hear that Ezra might get a little grumpy. Oh, boohoo, Ezra. <laughs> He's got me blocked. Seriously, why won't this go away? How do I make this go away? This is this is a legitimate you're, political you're, calm question. Because How do you I make are this electable. Mm-mm. No, people don't ask me for I've proven but, that false twice. I don't need to prove it a third time. No, the third time's as a charm, right, Andrew? Have... Andrew said third time's a charm. I think, you know, I'm going to throw him under the bus here because I'm going to be totally honest. If there was somebody that I wanted to see run in my constituency that I could get behind, I could get behind it. Andrew. Would, it would be Andrew. Yeah. Andrew's an amazing community leader and advocate what he's doing for he great he's got he, a great he, sense of humor he, a, he have a um he has a fancy medal too he does have a fancy medal now you know he's got those, we didn't get anything he has fancy think, things i think he could wear his little medal yeah okay and, andrew and call me tomorrow you got my number See, I knew I could throw her out of the bus and get everybody to leave me alone. <laughs> but no, I mean, you just don't, you just ignore and say, nah, nah. It's like everybody is talking about vote splitting. Nah. <sighs> vote splitting. Like, here's, here's my thing with the, the vote splitting. Everybody who, uh, and I think it's such a dumb argument because I don't want to live in a two-party state. I just don't. No. I, re I, no. I recognize that we do for this next election, but I don't think like, I don't want to get to a place where we're ever saying as a democratic society, you shouldn't run regardless of what your qualifications are, regardless of what solutions you bring to the table, because I want my team to win more. Well, like, you, it's know, just you know, what's fascinating is that the left right now is like twisting their panties in knots. I'm sorry, but that's true about vote splitting and how scared they are to get Daniel Smith back in power. Fair. But what's funny is that when the right was the wild rose and we had the progressives and the middle and the NDP was on the left, I didn't see anyone complaining about vote splitting when that happened, didn't I? Well, but also, like, the conservatives fell out of power not because of vote splitting. They fell out of power because of Redford and corruption the wild rose existed as a conservative party for a good chunk of time. Albertans just said, okay, nope. you think you're better than us. And we don't particularly like that. So Boat splitting is not a thing. Is all I'm saying. Please listen. 
It is not enough. Like so, because the right has united, well, the conservatives, sorry, uh, have united. Now we are forced into a two-party systems, which is not ideal in the Westminster parliamentary system. I think people need to go back to basics, like give people. Do we want to turn like fucking the United States and have the Republican and the Democrats and fighting over one vote? Who's going to have control of the House of Senate? Do we want that? Seriously, it's ridiculous. Have a democracy is healthy when you have choices. I don't care who you represent. If you want to run for WIPA, fill your boots. There are more choices. A democracy is not healthy. When it's either white or black, it is not healthy because what's going to happen is that a lot of people are going to stay home. And yep. that would be more dangerous than vote splitting if they don't get the ground running in Calgary. Good. Well, I, I still go to the idea, you know, if, if, and I dunk on all parties equally. I think every, anybody who's paying attention should know that. Um, but like, Hey, Andy, to what you were saying earlier, hey, NDP, if you really want to get people to vote for you, give them something to vote for. And maybe the NDP is your biggest enemy here. It is their election to lose. How long have we been saying that for, Nate? Uh, a little while now. A year and a half? About that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when is Daniel Smith going to do her next press conference? Uh, I don't know. Trudeau. She's, she's going to fall somewhere. She's going to blame it on JT. She's back in Calgary. She's back in Alberta. Good. She's got an event in Calgary tomorrow. Good. That's fun. But, like, when is the next time we're going to see Danielle Smith ask answering questions in front of a camera? Do you think – are we, are we going to be – because it, it, to me, it's going to go one of two ways only. It's going to be either, like, tomorrow there's going to be a surprise. We've got a press conference and we're banning – I don't know, something from uh, Quebec um, because we want to be more like Quebec um, or we're not going to see her answering questions for a good long time. And I think you might be frozen. Ruh -roh. Hello? There you Hi. are. You're back. Okay, good. I was so scared for a second. I thought it was all alone. No, we're good. I was sending you a text. Um, I I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see what's going to happen. Um, it's extremely hard to predict what this government will be doing. You know, we had a more child care deal last week, which, you know, it's, it's a feel-good policy. You know, it's always a little win, right? Um, but... I don't know. She's on vacation. She's rested, guys. I don't know. Maybe she's going to go after universities and start saying that, you know, if they're not complying with the free speech report, they're going to get their funding cut. Who knows? Like, it could go either super silent in the silo, airtight, or she's going to go go out because she feels refreshed. I'm curious to see which it's going to be because we've got two more days in the week and Friday's coming. Everybody knows Friday's in Alberta. It's not good. Where am I Friday? <gasps> no, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, you got like 30 days left or something, don't you? 
32, but I, 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 I need to bring my cell phone with me. Uh-oh. I found a SMS for Mexico. What are you looking for till Sunday? What are we watching for? Are we going to see more from CBC land about Daniel Smith and the, uh, the prosecution problems or prosecution I'm, complex? Something's going on right now. And I'm not sure what we're hearing noise in the background. There's weird stuff happening. Something is brewing, but we don't know what we can put our, we, we talked today. Like there's, there's noise, there's grumblings, there's something's weird. I'm getting messages and it's just like, man, something's going on Britta right now. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, um, we'll see. I, I got a couple of like, Hey, so what have you heard text today? And I was like, I don't know. I was at work, man. <laughs> yeah. You're going back I, to work. But... I am going back to work. Finally, I can have a heart attack in the comfort of my own home. There you go. I'm so excited. Uh, no, I actually, I, I, I am starting the process of going back to work. I'm really excited about going back to work. Um, it, and it's, it's not let's talk day. So I'm just going to say um, things can get better. Yeah. They can. can. Um, it's, I uh, struggled with postpartum depression. It was crippling. And now I'm just down to, you know, one, one man, which is fascinating. I'm, you know, it gets better and you build strategies and you build resilience. And, you know, it's not that you have an episode in your life. That's why mental health care has to be funded and must be funded. Look at what happened in Quebec today. A 51 years old bus driver drove into a kindergarten and killed two toddlers six more in the hospital why because he was not doing well mentally um a lot of a lot of tragedies out there that are happening or even daily struggles you know like i always said you know uh, open up you know mental health care and give medication for free Nobody should have to scrape the bottom of their change drawer to be able to pay for an antidepressant when you need it. They don't pres prescribe those for fun. They don't prescribe those because you're cute. They, you know, you need to, a lot of things that I learned, you, you know, through my journey, and I think, not sure if you can relate, but boundaries, boundaries, yep. boundaries, boundaries. I was always taking too much. I was working too much. Even when my baby was two months old, I was back full on. Too much, too much, too much. I learned how to, I'm going to have very busy periods, but you need to have boundaries. And that is so important. And if the people around you are not respecting those boundaries, you are empowered to pull the cord and do it for yourself. If you're not, you, we need to learn how to protect yourself. If somebody doesn't bring anything positive in your life, if it solely brings toxicity, and if it makes you more miserable, pull the plug, guys. Trust me, it's the best thing you can do. Sometimes it hurts, but sometimes it is the right thing to do. And it gets better. I mean, that's... It, 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 
it can it Look can get everybody's everybody's yeah, everybody's journey is different. Every and, and obviously different people are going to react to different things. But I take a look at where I was a year ago where I couldn't walk into a grocery store. Uh, and now I don't even think about it. And I'm going back to work in a profession that I absolutely love. Um, but it's not known for its low stress. <laughs> and I'm I'm up for it, which is yeah. it's it's I'm really, really, really excited about that. So well, we were even talking the other day about doing something live, right? Yeah, like we're yeah, we're you know, it gets better, it really yep. does. And you know, I'm not less of a person or weaker or everybody at some point in their lives dealing with mental health issues. Everyone, why? Because chemical imbalances in the brain can happen like that. And you're not in control. You can't say, "Oh, control your mind." No. A chemical imbalance can really fuck you up. A hormone imbalance can really fuck you up and cripple you with anxiety. Like when my baby was born, I was waking up tw every 20 minutes just to make sure she was breathing. Now she cries at night and I'm like, ah, she'll fall back. Yes. You, you, but she's two and a half. Oh, oh my God, she's almost two and a half. Oh. But you learn to create your boundaries. And yep. I strong. And if you need help, reach out. The biggest step is to admit that something's not going right, and to go and get the help. Asking for asking for help shows more strength than not asking for help. Trying oh, to tough just... it out on your own—that's that's not a sign of strength. Asking for help when recognizing there's a problem—that's that's where real strength lies. So, oh I just wanted God, to. Standards gonna go after me tomorrow because you know. I had postpartum depression. <gasps> Leela, here's ex-campaign manager. Yeah. Tries to convince breakdown host. <laughs> it's so dumb. I'm never running again. I, I would not do that. For no, you told me to ask you in four years. No, that was yes, just to end, that was to end the conversation. <laughs> And I said, fine, I'll call back tomorrow. No, not going to happen. Nope, nope, nope. I want to say a big thanks to everybody in our chat tonight because we had an extraordinary, like I got to scroll for days to get to the top of this thing. This is so awesome. I love seeing all of that. And I want to say yeah. a big thank you for all of the, the technical troubleshooting from the folks on the Twitter spaces as well. Um, yes. Everything was figured out and then that friggin' mixer went. And so I had to invent also i'll tweet out a picture of the disaster that's beside me right now um but yeah thank you for everybody who's uh who's been been listening tonight everybody who's been watching on the live streams um thank you to everybody who's listening to the podcast version of this uh if you are, listening, are quite high actually you just, just we don't I'm, talk about that we don't we don't know, do but that. i'm surprised i'm no. surprised Shush, we don't do that that is that no. is not what I'm we do here i'm surprised as always, if you appreciate the kind of content that we're trying to produce here at The Breakdown, we would love nothing more than if you considered being one of our Patreon sponsors at www.patreon.com slash The Breakdown AB. With a Patreon sponsorship, you not only get the warm, fuzzy feeling that comes from knowing that you're support, supporting a, a subvertive, sarcastic commentary in the, the AB poly realm, cough our last episode on True North Cough. If you haven't watched it yet... 
it's one you should watch because it's very the, the jokes are very very visual and i i'm very proud of of what we put together for that um but you also get early access to all of our interview episodes and the interview that I was talking about where we have a conversation with Regan Boychuk about the R star program and what a debacle that is, that is going to rob Albertans blind. Um, but we also talk about the history of the, the royalty rates. And I knew that like royalties weren't great, but the way that Regan presents it in that conversation is just, Oh, so brutal. Um, but it's a it's a it's a very good conversation, and all of our Patreon sponsors will have access to that in about 10 minutes. So there's benefits. Plus, you can tweet out at your favorite politician that you're not a fan of. Hey, I just wanted you to know I'm supporting the breakdown on Patreon, and it'll make them nuts. Um, if you don't have the financial means to do that, we totally get it and appreciate that. Uh, like and share, and just thanks for participating and in, in listening to the show. That means everything and that's why we do it so uh with that sarah any other final words before i wrap it up no we should do a poll of where we should do our live let's do a poll tonight see if people would be in for a good I mean, cause for the food bag i'll, I'll, I'll do a poll i'll do a poll tomorrow morning and we'll, yeah, we'll raise no and uh, you know be good um practice your critical thinking and judgment and read a book with your kids. Life is short. Ooh, I like that one. All right, there we go. Read a book with your kids. Take care of yourselves. And as always, keep the conversation going.